Today's guest is Brianda Agramante. Brianda is the host of Super Trip Talk. It's a podcast, podcast part of the Gotham Podcast Studio Network, of which my show, this show that you're listening to, the Rana Podcast, is a part of. So it was really fun. This is the first, uh, this is today I did a couple episodes, but it was the first uh, day I actually got to record in studio because the network is based in New York. The studio is in New York, and I'm usually not. So it was really fun to meet. Not only uh, do it in studio, do these episodes in studio, but uh, hang out with another person who is in the same network. So this is Brianda. We had a super fun conversation. Uh, her show is all about psychedelics and as a tool of growth and super fun. I'm this kind of part one of a two-parter because we did our episodes back to back. So our conversation continues on her show. You can check it out. Super Trip Talk on all the podcast platforms or supertriptalk.com. I don't even remember what we spoke about. I feel like we went on so many different tangents. We spoke about sexuality and obviously psychedelic use and her story. I and mean, I resonated with a lot personally, you know, being someone who started making it in New York. That's like its own thing, making it in New York. But I think a lot of this is relatable to so many people, like storytelling, the struggles you're in, how everyone's had some sort of crisis, hero's journey they've had to fight through. And I really believe in what she's doing. It's, I mean, she's super fun to talk to. So yeah, without giving that away more of the episode, enjoy. This is episode 065, Rihanna Agramante, Super Trip Talk. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, part of the Gotham Podcast Studio Network in New York, New York. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. Cool. So this is my first crossover episode. It's my first time actually in the Gotham Podcast Studio, even though I've been in the network for a while. So thanks for being here. Excited to meet you. Thank you, Ron, for having me. I'm pumped. Yeah. Yeah. So I caught some of your show. Um, oh, shit. Let, no, it's great. I mean- Which one? Uh, I list the one I listened to the whole thing was uh, with the stripper. Oh, Jack's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of friends who are sex workers, so it's oh, like, cool. I'm for it. I'm for sex work, 100. Yeah. percent I yeah. want to support them always. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, so how did the show start? Like, what is you know? Did you actually tell us a little bit about your show. I'm of sure. course, yeah, man. So know. my name is Brianda, Brianda, and I am the creator and host of the Super Trip Talk mm-hmm. podcast. I started it about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. after a, a transformative acid trip mm-hmm. and a psychotic episode mm-hmm. and a hugely unsuccessful professional career and love life. Just the whole bit, quarter life shit. And um, you're in. Are you from New York? I'm from Boston. Oh, okay. Right outside of Boston. Well, born, born in When'd Boston. When did you come to New York? 2011. Okay, gotcha. For college. You went to college here? Yes, I did. Cool. And What's I cool? never left. I went to Pace. Okay, cool. Oh, you're asking all the questions. Well, I just want to know. I just want to know who you are. I like this. <laughs> yes. Uh, What's your star sign? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, shit. I mean, I suck with that shit, but I'm an Aquarius. Okay, I, I don't know what that okay, means. Okay, me but... neither. <laughs> me neither. Okay, good. We're, we're right here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you came, you came here for college. And you worked in corporate afterwards? Is that? <laughs> no? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Oh my God. Can I tell you? I tried a corporate job about like nine months ago. Uh-huh. I lasted uh, three months. I cannot believe that I lasted that long. That yeah. life is not for me. I mean, I've never, I've had a couple, I've never made a job more than four or five months, I mm-hmm. think. I never lasted longer than that. I've been driving Uber, which I did for nine months. Good for you. But, but I, I've never made it through an office day without falling asleep. literally i've never made it through an office day without wanting to take my life i'm not that's not in jest yeah yeah i would i would like well i would use the bathroom as much as possible Mm -hmm. just so i could be on my phone anything yeah any i would do absolutely anything to not 
do the work, yeah. which made me a terrible employee. Like, right. And I can only imagine that like half of those lab rats also feel the same way to some degree, uh-huh. you know? So what are we even doing here? But to answer your question, I really did. Uh, I bartended the whole bit because mm-hmm. I was pursuing acting like head gotcha. on theater or film, film and TV. Cool. And, um, that uh, went really well in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot, maybe a little too fast, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and then uh, total opposite, mm-hmm. just like stagnation. Um, and uh, I, I was so identified by, you know, being an entertainer and being, you know, this world-renowned actress. And I thought, I mean, I was convinced I was going to book a pilot Mm -hmm. and I was going to be set for at least the next seven to 10 years and then Mm -hmm. take it from there. Mm -hmm. Um, But when that didn't happen, I was like, holy fuck, what am I anymore? What is this anymore? Um, So then, uh, yeah, that's where I started uh, listening to podcasts too because I started listening to podcasts around 2010, 2009, mm-hmm. 2000, when I was in college, uh, in high school into college. Mm-hmm. And the the thought leaders and public figures that I would really gravitate towards were the ones that would kind of aid my woes, aid my uh-huh. pains. And they ended up being like the spiritual ones, the psychedelic ones. Yeah. The, the... And were you taking a lot of psychedelics beforehand? Absolutely not. I, oh, okay. my, the first psychedelic I ever took was uh, the week before my 25th birthday. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was like, I mean, I was grown. I was a woman. Uh-huh. I was grown. And um, I did it from listening to different podcasts. And I thought, like well, I mean, Joe Rogan, okay. for sure. Uh-huh. Everyone says that. Um, Dan Harris is 10% happier. Cool. Uh, even though he doesn't do psychedelics, he's so open to the discussion about them, yeah. which I really respect. And Sam Harris. Cool. Sam, everything Sam Harris. He's been a huge, huge uh, influence in my mindfulness, I guess, career now. Uh huh, and I assume psychedelics had a huge part of your transformation since then, or or what? Oh my god! Uh, I mean, I microdose now. Uh huh. I microdose point two grams of psilocybin mushrooms every three to four days. Cool, cool. It's the best. It's yeah. The best. Yeah, we might talk about this more in an hour on your show. On my but... <laughs> show, Super Trip Talk. You can catch it on all podcast platforms. Yeah. Um. So, what made you want to make a podcast about it? Oh, I. I I I I love answering this question. So I knew that I was in the throes of some shit. Uh-huh. Um, but I was realizing that all the stuff that was aiding me were about people talking about it when they were out of it. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking to myself, "Shit, why didn't you do this podcast when you were in it? Yeah. Like, so I can know <laughs> some shit, you know?" So I was like, "I want to document this. I'm a pretty like reserved, private person. I'm not. If you look at my whack ass social media, I'm trying to get better now. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't like." Uh, displaying myself on a billboard for people you mm-hmm. know because i think that's what social media is it's just not comfortable for me yeah but um i i uh fuck i don't even remember where i was going with that i have such a huge disdain for social media uh-huh. <laughs> um i really don't remember where i was going with that um high tan high tangent <laughs> incepting parts of her oh story. acid yeah. why why i chose to to or is that where? Wait, wait, wait. Why, why you chose to make a podcast on psychedelics? <laughs> yeah, and I also get high on my show and shit like this happens. Wait, so all the wait, time. hold on. The uh, the first uh, <clears throat> the first experience you had in your twenty five was it acid? It was acid. Okay, cool. I went in, and uh-huh. it was a it was a heroic dose of acid oh. too. Um, and by golly, I, I, man, I swear it felt like the experience was calling for me, mm-hmm. but I just. I went in, into it blind, yeah. you know, I had, I had the knowledge from the people that I had just previously list, uh, listed, but I really had no other 
um, motives aside from show me something I don't know or explore what I don't know, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was transformative. It was a long – it was such a long-ass fucking trip. I actually got a director's callback session for a pilot the next day that wow. I had to go into, and I was tripping. Wow. Well, coming out down from my trip, but I was definitely tripping balls in that audition. Did you nail it? No. Okay. Um, no. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've my only <laughs> acid I got into a little bit later in life, but like I suck at basketball. I'm terrible. But on acid, I'm I'm the fucking man. Oh like, yeah? I, yeah. And and like I was like, and I've heard you know there's that Yankees pitcher who pitched a perfect game on acid, and it's like, oh, I think this is a performance enhancer. You oh, know. for real? Yeah. And when I was an Uber driver, I was micro. I, I was really depressed. I just left my cult, so I was driving Uber and microdosing acid. <laughs> and I was so, I was so amazing. I was, I was a four point nine nine. I was the highest rated Uber driver in New York, I think, because I was on acid all the time. I don't know if I should say that. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Nah, okay. you fucking say that shit with your chest. <laughs> you were tripping. Yeah. Yes. Well, they're not gonna take away my taxi license now, so. <laughs> right. Fine. What the fuck are yeah. they gonna do? You're. I think you're good. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, it was, I, you want to know something? I, that was actually mm-hmm. the first and last time I did acid. After mm-hmm. that, I, uh, just have done mushrooms. Mushrooms has been the, my, my like road dog. Why, why do you think that is? Um, can, oh, well, how do I answer this question? I think that the first time I took mushrooms, um, the experience was so distinct in its own way. Mm. And part of my ego wants to keep my acid trip as this sacred one like mm. premium trip. I think that's part that, but also I just have a like a more grounded relationship with with mushrooms. It feel, it really does feel like it was made for me, and I was made mm. for it, and we inform one another. It's just a different relationship. Huh. I could never, you know. Um, I mean, I won't say never, but for now, I can't see my life without it. Whereas acid just reminded me of like a university experience like you know you're going there this year and you plan to leave in four years and that is it that's kind of how i feel about acid. have you done ayahuasca no but okay. that's been calling me since before acid okay yeah. uh, I, I would love to experience the first time two times i did it was in new york so i can how I many know. times have you done it four yeah, because uh, everyone I know, I haven't done it. I mean, I've only done it four times, but I, my friend's girlfriend was studying to be an ayahuascara. It's like she was dieting on ayahuasca like every three days for like months. And she's like, yeah, I got pizza. I met her in a pizza place, so like a very normal environment. And she's like, yeah, like at any point I can just like talk to it, like the plant in me. Like it's just like in me. We just have like a relationship. We're just like, she's my mom in my head. Or something. Uh, she didn't say it like that, but that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So it sounds like you have something like that going on with mushrooms. I, I mean, it's a relationship for sure. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's a, a it's a, a mother relationship. It feels more like a mother relationship, but sometimes it feels like a child. Oh, interesting. Well, everyone says ayahuasca is the grandmother, and it feels like an older lady <laughs> when mm. you when you're interfacing with it. Um, wait. So what? So you did acid. You had this profound experience that you're keeping holy now. Uh, what happened from there? Um, so from there, I started exploring other, I mean, other kind of treatments to help mm-hmm. my my brain space because I knew I was not well. Mm-hmm. And what, were you depressed or what just was it exactly? a bunch of suicidal ideation? Uh-huh. And I had always had suicidal ideation. Now I know it's called. There's a term for it, mm-hmm. suicidal ideation, where you just ruminate on thoughts mm-hmm. of 
of you not existing anymore, of killing yourself or of not being alive anymore in these very mundane ways. And they just, they come up and then they leave and then they come up. Uh, they, they, this time it just, the voices had been a little bit louder than I felt comfortable with. <laughs> and, um, I, so, and, and, um, once I saw that happening, I incorporated therapy, which played a huge role in my, I fucking hate sounding like this, but my healing journey. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I discovered a lot about just my traumas mm-hmm. and just deliberately tried to unpack them. Mm-hmm. One of them being like my relationship with sex mm-hmm. and pleasure was something worth exploring and I felt would provide me with a lot of mm-hmm. answers. Did you or do you have trauma around that? Uh, I do, but not in the way that that's that I guess the general public would think mm-hmm. like I, I haven't, I mean, thank God I haven't been sexually abused or, uh, or, or anything. Maybe I have, if you really think about it, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. And, um, it more so comes from a place of like pleasure mm-hmm. and how I feel my relationship to accepting pleasure mm-hmm. to me being done to me mm-hmm. in my body and my mind. Um, I, after a horrible, toxic three-year relationship where two out of the three years, I not only wasn't like into this person, Mm -hmm. in love with this person, I like hated this person Mm -hmm. and I still chose to be with them, uh, honestly, because his dick game was great Mm -hmm. and- He gave you hives? He did give me, (laughs) he gave me a lot of fucking- Uh, Check out her Instagram. Apparently when she comes, (laughs) she gets hives. It's true. I get sex Uh hives. It's a real thing. Look it up. Uh, but yeah, this guy, and he was fucking sexy as hell, but mm-hmm. a goddamn sociopath. And, mm-hmm. um, are you we familiar with attachment theory? No. Oh, okay. It's like, uh, when people are feeling, no one's fully secure. And when you're insecure, you split into one of these two things. Like either you're avoidant and you pull away or you're anxious and you reach for someone who's not good for you. And most people who aren't secure, they have this relationship. Mm. And I think most women in New York fall into that anxious category because all the guys, there's more women than men there's more women so guys guys who are like you know who are not that attractive objectively are attractive in new york so they can be more avoidant and get away with it and they have these women who are maybe i don't want to put it this way but out of their league are now chasing them anyway oh you're right it's a thing i gotta go i gotta look into that but uh yeah after that relationship i i a few months later dived into another one that also was not right but it was polar opposite uh, i no was not zero Oh no! I uh, I wasn't into this person physically at all, not from the jump, which is typically I'm pretty vain. Unfortunately, it's just how I made. I, mm-hmm. I you know, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't. But this person had a heart of gold, and I was just delving into my Christianity. And he was mm-hmm. he was Catholic, but um, he he helped me see a lot. He also taught me that not taught me, but showed me that maybe I do really want to have kids. And the reason why for mm-hmm. years I had been saying I didn't was because of, you know, my own childhood mm-hmm. psychological traumas and stuff, mm-hmm. but maybe I truly did. So anyways, because of him, I learned a lot, but I realized that, damn, I was willing to stay with this person, which I broke up with him on his mm-hmm. birthday. Sorry. I mean, I'm, it's horrible. You know what? It'd be like that sometimes. But when I broke up with him, I realized, shit, these were two relationships that were not right for me, mm-hmm. that I was willing to be in mm-hmm. despite my aversion to either them or um, their love for me. Like, I just didn't want it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into them. Mm-hmm. I wanted to explore why I just, why my mind even thought that that'd be okay. Yeah. So many other people do that too. Right. You know, I, I can imagine. Um, 
And I did that. I wanted to try first with the sex aspect because I could have unpacked so many different facets of those relationships. But because the two polar ones were the most uh, at the forefront for me, I just I said, okay, Brie, for the next couple months, don't have sex. Mm-hmm. Just don't have. And that's easy for me, truly. And is that where you're at now? You said you're celibate? Or you're I'm not? celibate, yeah. I okay. haven't had sex in over a year. Okay. Um, but I've, I got to say when I, it's so funny. I don't, tell me if this kind of happens to you, but the more you feel like you're treating things and mm-hmm. I guess healing, mm-hmm. the more you realize you revert back to what you always knew you were or like some truth in you held on to that. And that yeah. is what it was. Does that make? Does I that, think that's the moral of most movies. <laughs> like they come back to themselves, like, "Oh, it was in you the whole time." Yeah, like but without the corny ass, you know, arc, you know that that doesn't exist. Because in order to get there, I fucking wanted to blow my brains out. And yeah, I had to at least see that in movies shit. sometimes. Yeah, hero's journey. I guess yeah. you're right. I'm a I'm a goddamn hero. I'm hurt yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did it. But yeah, no, you're in a year and some change, celibate. I haven't masturbated since 2017. See, I have a weird relationship with pleasure. It's like a it's like a it's like a thing. Interesting. This masturbation shit was even before preceded all of this. Yeah, you probably. I mean, have you heard of Olive Persimmon? She's a writer in New York. She's she's coming on my show. Uh, she 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 wrote this book. Uh, she wrote two books. Um, the first one was unintentionally celibate, where she was unintentionally celibate for like five years because she had like a neurosis about it, and she got over it. And then her book just came out. Um, the Coitus Chronicles, where I make a cameo in it, where she got her mojo back. Anyway, I think she'd be really interesting for you to talk to. How'd you get a cameo in her book? Um, I am... Did you fuck her? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's a character based on who I am because she reached out to me during this period. Oh, yeah. sick. Yeah, so plugging her book, but she'll be on the show eventually. But anyway, I think it, it would be cool for you guys to meet. Yo, and what talk am about I doing stuff. here? I feel like some dusty ass potted. No, well, actually, I mean, well, I saw. I mean, Mike showed me the list of people on the podcast. Like, oh, she looks interesting. I saw some stuff, and like, I don't know if you've seen the power rankings in Gotham, but we're, we're you and I are like neck and neck. Oh. It's like, well, we got to meet. We're peers. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Where's the power ranking? I'm trying to see that shit. Yeah, I'll show you the power rankings. Please show yeah, me. Yeah. I'm trying to take over who's ever on yeah. <laughs> And you, you should come up there too. All yeah. right, whatever. No, I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, celibacy. Celibacy. Yeah. So you've been celibate for a year. Something going on with receiving pleasure. So I think. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a pretty common thing. Uh, I can tell you that based on my conversations with the close women in my life, I think uh, there are uh, there are camps at both extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know women that try and unpack the same things I'm trying to unpack, mm-hmm. but do the opposite. The complete like they opposite. fuck a lot. I mean, I mean, they're self-proclaimed hoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's that's just what it is, and that's the you know we live in the sexual liberation movement where that shit's hot right now. Mm-hmm. So it, it um uh, favorably it's favorably for that it works out in their favor. Yeah, because this is a time for that it's cool to be a hoe and instagram and twitter is turning into literal porn hub yeah. you know what i mean yeah but for me it's like i'm starting to feel like a like honestly a prisoner of my own uh reality what do you mean like i live in such a hyper sexualized world and my internal world is not so based you mean, like, on the physical sex you hang out with or no in general uh-huh. just in general i just think things are um maybe more so the media which sucks because i'm now I'm trying to get into, you know, media personality and uh-huh. I'm meeting all these different people. So my mind has been in that space gotcha. more than I'd like, honestly. Uh-huh. I 
I like that's why I love psychedelics. I like heavy doses because that's uh-huh. the real reset. That's the closing all the tabs mm-hmm. in your fucking Safari page, you know. So I think I actually do. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, but yeah. every everything is uh, so hypersexualized, and it makes me uncomfortable, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, there's an engineer here at Gotham. Shout out to Johnny who uh, I, uh, he produced this track and I wrote some lyrics to it. I'm also mm-hmm. a singer songwriter. Oh, cool. And, and it just, when I, when I'm writing music, I'm not even kidding you. I feel like aroused. Yeah. So it's like this celib during the celibacy, I've been the most creative that mm-hmm. I have been in my life. And uh, I still feel sensations of immense pleasure. I just not, just not in the, the, the sexual, sense yeah i've heard that from a lot of people and women like when they go through a period of celibacy they're the most creative and they start fucking again and they lose it <laughs> or something like that i think there's a way to do it and keep fucking and also create but it, it can be challenging i believe that yeah yeah i was actually one of my mentors a long time ago she was super unsuccessful but very in touch with her sexuality mm-hmm. then she turned her whole life around she makes like you know half a million a year or something crazy but, but she was like yeah i'm i don't this is not telling you you should stay celibate but she's like yeah you know, i just i decided to stop having sex i'm kind of afraid that if i start doing it again i'll mess things up you know you know i'm not that sacred with anything really in my life which is probably why i went from like atheist to christian and i i think that that's just i think that's my competitive advantage in life uh-huh. is that i i'm not bound to anything ever the only thing uh-huh. i'm bound to is truth and um god uh, and that looks different, and that uh, will look different at different seasons of my life, and I'm okay with accepting that. Are you Catholic now? Christian. Okay. Were you raised? No, okay. no, atheist, secular. My um, my my dad was a poor dude in DR. Uh huh. The whole country is relatively Catholic Christian. Uh huh. Um, so he was raised under the that wave, but really never went to church at all. Uh-huh. My mom was Seventh Day Adventist, super duper Christian. Uh-huh. Uh, skirts, long skirts, no earrings, long long hair. Um, but she moved to this country and kind of was. Um, she felt like uh, a cat. A, a spell was broken. Like mm. she no longer wanted that form of life. Mm. Although she she was more a proponent of developing your own relationship, your own individual relationship with God. It's actually one of the few things I'll never shit on my mom about. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot to shit (laughs) on, but, uh, that kind of liberty Uh and, but while still teaching Christ's principles in very subtle ways, um, man, I don't take that. That's not lost on me, especially now. Cool. Cool. Um, but yeah. What about you? What about me? Do you have any religious affiliations? Uh, well, so I was raised Catholic and Buddhist at the same time, which confused me as a child. Who was Buddhist? My dad's Buddhist. My mom was Catholic. What's your ethnic background? Sri Lankan and Filipino. Dope. Yeah, I'm a mix of things. Anyway, by the time my brother was born, neither one of my parents are really religious anymore, but I, I got the confusing part. And because of that, when I was young, I became a militant atheist where I would like tell other kids, like if they were going to church or something, I would like point out to them how God doesn't make sense. And I was like one of those bratty kids um, as a retaliation. But then eventually, I don't know, I, I, I feel like, especially when you have like psychedelic experiences, you can't believe there's nothing. Like you can't be an atheist yeah. unless you're like stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no, got to be something, true. you know? But even atheism is a belief. It's just silly. And I, I was an atheist too. Uh-huh. Especially, I don't know why. I feel like I hit my peak atheist, you know, at like... Uh-huh. Uh, at 18, when I first moved to New York, and uh, I think it's Sam Harris, but I may be wrong. He always says that um, sometimes he feels 
like more of a Christian than Christians, because mm-hmm. in order to, you know, um, negate this idea, you got to read up on it. Yeah. You know, you have to read it even if it's objectively, you know, and I feel this, I feel the same exact way. I read more of the Bible as an atheist than I do as a Christian. Now. Mm. Hands down. I just go to church, sing some songs and like meditate in church. And like, that's what yeah. I love. But before I was so like adamant on the, the text, the information. Because yeah. the- you got to read between the lines because there's so much good stuff in there. If you don't take it absolutely line by line, literally, but there's such a good message in all the religions. Most, I don't know, all, some. I think so. Yeah. No, I think in a lot of them, yeah. there are. I think that there's something to having, having, um, I guess I don't want to say boundaries because I don't like the connotation that's that lies under mm-hmm. that word, but parameters to live your life. I we are animals. Yeah. You know, the, what? Who? We? Why wouldn't you? Why do we think we're so righteous mm-hmm. that um, the things that the people the, the the people that studied this shit before didn't really know what they were talking about? Right. Like it was that's archaic. That's it's like no. Let's study this. Let's look at this a little more closely. Why can't we have technological advancements and all this other right. shit while also holding on to something spiritual, something grander? You can have – there's a life where both exist. Yeah. And there's something – like there's something more than just the material world. Like even if it's only in our subjective consciousness, it's still – that's still a thing. Of that's course. Still, and it can yeah. be measured. You know what I'm saying? Which is so cool, which is why I love that when tech blends. Hmm. It's like, um, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. he was he was on um, uh, uh, maybe it was Tim Ferriss' podcast. Oh, no, Aubrey Marcus's podcast. Okay. And he was saying that you can now, there are machines that measure your level of uh, consciousness strength, I guess. Huh, There's like a machine for that now. Granted, I'm pretty sure people will be like, what the fuck is that? Show me the shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm not smart enough to understand the implications that go uh-huh. on behind that. But uh, it, this can be measured. Interesting. You know, uh, that there's something to this. And I feel like we could there's – a, there's a world, there's a reality that exists where um, we, can, we can accept both yeah. with the equal level of credence. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so you had the second relationship, which was the opposite. And then, then you start taking psychedelics? Um, I had already taken the psychedelics in between them. The first time I did acid. Was okay. Did ab- acid help you find God? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I don't know if – listen, I was so damn stubborn enclosed mm-hmm. in sleep, you know, that I don't think I would have gotten there without, without that as a tool because mm-hmm. uh, I died. That trip was – terrifying yeah and amazing i meditated and i had just started meditating around this time uh-huh. too i meditated for about two hours uh and i was my i was saying sounds i was doing things audibly that i had never done before and i am not kidding you i can like taste it now it's almost like chasing the dragon because mm. I, I i like want to feel that again but i felt like like overwhelmed but again that arousal mm-hmm. like it was I can't even describe it because it's just pastel hues, creamy butter. I tasted this all. It was just an, an overwhelmingly um, beautiful experience. Uh, so there was that. And then there was the complete opposite. My friend that I had done it with uh, had been playing a Led Zeppelin uh, album. I don't know what it is about that, but I can do not fuck with it. And I, I guess it for a couple hours was bracing myself for imminent death. As far as I was concerned, 
I was about to die. But you don't fuck with Led Zeppelin because it's devil music? Uh, no, I don't know. And uh, my friend said that. She was like, uh-huh. oh, people, you sound like an old person. It's like, no, I just, I like taste sounds uh-huh. and shit. So anything that's audio, I'm just audio sensitive. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, that wasn't fucking with me then. Like gotcha. we weren't blood, we weren't meshing. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, it made me taste like copper n- battery. It was not good. Interesting. Um, but uh, yeah. And also it kind of signified my, the fear part uh-huh. of of the experience, uh, which was kind of cool and why I can't really listen to Led Zeppelin. I, I can listen to him, but I don't uh, really listen to him now. Uh, I, I felt like I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because you had to face all the shit. Like, right. oh, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can't die. I can't die. No, no, yeah. no, no. I don't want to face that. I don't wanna... And then some form of awareness came in and said, you are going to pass now. Mm. And... All will be well. Just be yeah. here with this. And once I got a little more still, I started, of course, where your mind goes, what was I most grateful for? Mm-hmm. Like, you think about the people that you love. I started thinking about people that crossed my path for maybe an hour only. Mm. Just everyone that made an impact on my life, no matter how big or small. Mm. Um uh, and I just remember feeling so, so grateful. Yeah. So grateful that these things happened to me for me. Yeah. And yeah. I was just okay with, I was okay with it. I was ready to die then. Uh-huh. And that shit, man, that's necessary. Yeah. At least it was necessary for me to like get out of my, my own ego, my own mind. Yeah. When people tell me they're afraid of psychedelics because they're afraid of the dark spots, I'm like, but that's the whole point. That's I mean, the, the laughing is fun, but like. There's something about like going into the depths and like when you get down to the bottom, you're like, oh, here's what's actually important. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's like, um, but I don't want to have a bad trip. But it's like, oh, but there is no, I mean, I'm at the point in my psychedelic, I love psychedelics so much that there is really no bad trip. Right. There are more intense trips. Right. But that's what it's for. It's you you're not meant to be in control of this right in fact when you release control you resist the least the more the better of an experience yeah. you ultimately have yeah. right that's a lesson to let go right yeah. exactly yeah um yeah same with open relationships that uh-huh. i definitely want to explore every time i tell people they go well what the fuck i'd be jealous of shit bitch stop lying yeah. it's like no you're right I would be jealous as shit. I would. I want to face those things. Mm-hmm. I want to sit in that shit and figure out why I feel this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. I've been going easy. Although I did a lot of MDMA in the last month, kind of by accident. It's been finding by me. By accident. How do you do that on accident? <laughs> it's like I have not. I actually even decided. So the last time I did ayahuasca, second to last time. The spirits basically said, you don't need to keep coming back to the spirit world, like enjoy your material life. And then I had one more experience was really painful. And I was like, okay, I'll listen. But for some reason, <laughs> the last, like this summer, it's like every every weekend someone offers me something. And I'm like, oh, this feels like the right time. And the weirdest one, I was just in Cape Town and uh, we were in an Airbnb and uh, we opened up this tea box and a, a bag of MDMA just popped out. And you were like, I got it. Well, I yeah, it's like the universe is like, okay, more MDMA. Anyway. I forgot why I brought this up. Uh, <laughs> um, that um, I was saying open relationships. Oh, open relationships. Oh, anyway, I, yeah. I was just saying, uh, yeah, definitely. I've, I mean, most of my relationships have been open. And I was actually starting 
to go away from it. It's like, oh, maybe actually monogamy is more stable. It's like you have to deal with less crap. Do you mind if I ask you about your sexuality? Yeah, go ahead. Are you poly? Uh, I don't like the term, but yeah, I, I am in no Why don't you like the term poly? It's like another identity thing that's been co-opted Shit, by I people. Wish, I wish I could fucking have this on my pod. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. We gotta talk about this. No, I mean, this is all this is all one podcast, right? This is part one. Part two is yes, on. Yes, part two. You <laughs> We're just gonna keep talking. Yeah, we yeah. might switch seats. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I'm in an open relationship, uh, and I, I've mostly been in open relationships. And when I was younger, it was more like an idealistic thing. I read Sex at Dawn. I'm like, you squares with your oh, monogamous yeah. relation. It's kind of like when I became atheist. It's like you, you squares with uh -huh. your whatever. And then I, you know, there's a lot of negatives in it. There's a lot of. I think a lot of people use it to avoid intimacy too. And I think this is the most conscious I've been in it because it does it does bring up stuff and it it's, it brings up insecurities you didn't know you had kind of like mushrooms, um, and you do have to deal with some stuff. Exactly. It does expose you to more instability though too. So that's another thing. What do you that, mean? It's like um, give me the give me all the juice. Yeah, it's like you know, know I think a lot of monogamous relationships if they opened up wouldn't last. And maybe you'd rather have a little bit of a – some people, I think, would rather have a less truthful relationship that lasts. I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a great way to put it. I just recently talked about this. I spoke to um, Whitney Miller. Uh, she's uh, Aubrey Marcus's ex okay. – or actually partner, I guess. Uh -huh. And they're very open about their open relationship. Uh -huh. And uh, she she was saying that, hey, man – monogamous relationships that there's something there mm -hmm. that there's something about the two person dyad that does provide some kind of stability especially when like children are involved yeah. that you would just rather not go through mm -hmm. when you have other things like children to raise yeah. i i understand it and also we're too far in the monogamous it's ingrained in us uh -huh. you know i don't see that ever i don't want to speak that negatively but because i truly don't think that we're made for this life monogamous life mm -hmm. but we're too far in you know yeah. i mean we as a culture as a culture i don't know i don't know about that i think uh well i as think it, i think it, it could shift i think uh well on the parenting thing whenever i see a happy i mean a nuclear family nuclear family i'm like man two parents is not enough to raise a kid <laughs> like we're not meant to have two, only two parents we're meant to be raised by a tribe um which is why some sometimes like anyway but the other thing is um monogamy in itself is also a challenge like when i was in the cults when I went into it, it was soup. Everyone was open. Like everyone, like if you were monogamous, you were seen as a square basically. But then a few years into it, since everyone was in an open relationship and everyone was processing their jealousy in a healthy way, I mean, healthy, you know, healthy-ish way. The, the, the edgiest thing was to be monogamous and people would be like, we're so evolved because we only sleep with each other. And I'm like, that's kind of what the rest of the world does. But like, it is a challenge when you're used to having every sexual desire or for yeah. the most part. I mean, and I think that's is why, at one point in history, arranged marriages really were, really worked because, like, when you have no choice, you have to make it work. You're paired up with a random person, but you mm -hmm. got to make it work. You got to let your shit go and, like, be like, okay, I'm actually going to, like, try with this person. Mm -hmm. Whereas nowadays, you could get divorced so easily. That yeah. I think that that – like, I – and I meet – remember when I said that the further you delve into your own – spiritual life mm -hmm. inner life you realize that you actually are moving towards things that you always knew all along is mm -hmm. kind of how i said it i i remember being in relationships and thinking god damn it man i want to fucking cheat on this dude so bad like not by cheat i mean i want to experience other people mm -hmm. i wouldn't say i want to cheat so mm -hmm. bad i'd just be like damn it what i wouldn't give to like 
just go on a date with someone else mm-hmm. again because i'm i've never been really that sexually mm-hmm. um active mm-hmm. so it was really just came from a man i just want to like grab a coffee with the new guy mm-hmm. like i just want to i would desire that with every single one of my relationships i pitched uh could be open this up mm-hmm. a bit and they all were like hell fucking no i don't want to mm-hmm. fucking do that i'm not trying to have you are you gonna fuck another nigga like what the fuck you know mm-hmm. and um they they weren't about that uh i even at one point said okay guys y'all can go open mm-hmm. even fuck whoever you want and I don't have to, but just mm-hmm. I want that for you. Because I thought, damn, maybe that would solve something mm-hmm. for me. Give me some goddamn space. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, they turned that one down too. Uh, I just, I think that it's, it also, if it's right for you yeah. individually, and it just, it's right for me. Mm-hmm. It gives me that that freedom to continue exploring my own identity outside of the relationship. Yeah. Because if I'm not doing that, I am the most depressed. I drop weight. Yeah. I cry every night. I lose sleep. Yeah. Well, it's like to your other question, like why I'm not poly. I think it's a, oh, I don't call myself that. It's like, it's a choice of, it might, like you might, this might be right for you right now, but maybe in five years, you're like, oh, I could do something else. It's like, the thing I don't like about the polyamory community, at least in New York that I've experienced, it's like, they make it this like identity. I am poly. Like I am, you know, whatever. It's like their race or their, you know, it's not the same thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think it's important for everyone to experience being intimate with more than one person because if you're only with one person, you don't know how much of who you are is in relation to them and who's who you really are. And I think you only really get to know that when you're around different people. It's like, oh, I'm like this around this person, but I'm always like this, yes. you know? Yes. And you can explore it. Yes. So even if you're monogamous, I feel like before you commit to someone for life, you need to know what you're like with other people just so you know who you are. You got to know your shit. Know yeah. your demons. Yeah. No, especially know your demons, right? Because we inflate <laughs> the good stuff. Right. And we like pretend like the other shit doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. No, they do exist. And that is true. Yeah. That's real. That's happening to you. Why is it happening to you? Mm-hmm. And how are you going to live with it? Because right. it happens, you know? And also, more likely than not, you're going to revisit this again. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I've noticed, too, about like my conditioning mm-hmm. is it's not like, oh, I've gone to therapy for three years and did ayahuasca in Peru. I'm good. Yeah. Like, no, all these things are meant to show you. Um, all these experiences are meant to show you who you really are. And um, and it kind of compels you to explore your ability to love and your ability to express your truth. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What if, uh, what if the mushrooms guided you towards in terms of the celibacy sexuality openness thing like anything um, specific i can tell you that they definitely have been pushing me to i mean take my creativity to the upteenth degree mm-hmm. uh i mean i'm like i'm like leaking out there's I, i'm trying to find new modes to express myself mm-hmm. now like i i, I want to start painting Awesome. And I've never painted before in my life. I've been writing a new song every fucking day Whoa. since January 2019. They're not all good. And they're not <laughs> meant to be good. Uh-huh. It's um, Someone said creativity begets creativity. So it's just like in doing that, I'm also getting better on the mic. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm a more present conversationalist. It's – things have changed. So I feel yeah. like Mushrooms, if anything, has been the most illuminating – and transformative with my more creative life. Mm. And in terms of the the sex, uh, I definitely just 
I, I get, I literally like come from writing songs, from hearing, from uh-huh. listening to music. It's, and I'm not, and I don't mean that, uh, hyperbolic, hyperbolically or as uh-huh. a joke. I like truly mean that the sensations of an orgasm are very close to what I experience when I'm high meditating or listening to a great song. Interesting. Listening to someone speak. I, I'm a huge like, uh, podcast nerd. I love uh-huh. listening to podcasts. So, yeah, I would say that just to, the mushrooms guided me towards uh-huh. a new forms of creativity and um, other sexual lives that don't have to do with my genitalia or your genitalia. Gotcha. Have you have people reached out to you? Or have you thought about getting into like advising people when it comes to this stuff? Or I don't know if spiritual is the right word, but use the psychedelics and get to know yourself. You know, I'm doing it now. I mean, I get so many DMs and it overwhelms me. Um it's so I I define success by being the kind of the counselor to kind of just help people get in, uh-huh. help people get in the store, help uh-huh. get people into this. I didn't say I was going to like tell people to, to go on these. I know I'm dumb as shit. I uh-huh. know I'm not that smart and I know I'm still new. Right. Mm-hmm. But I just want to get people in the store. Yeah. So when I get DMS from people that are like, Hey, Brie, uh, you were talking about microdosing. So like, what exactly do you do? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how, where do you get your information? And I, and I provide them with that information that for me is the most like heartfelt sensation. Like after I've hit send mm-hmm. and knowing that they're receiving that, mm-hmm. it just feels so oh, shit. Like this is what this is for. Yeah. This is, this is what everything else is fucking cherry on top like yeah. sprinkles other stuff but like that is what this is for so to answer your question i i i haven't really thought about it uh-huh. seriously up until about two months ago and um i have to think about it i'm not i'm not sure i'm fit yet to, uh-huh. to do it yet i'd have to continue on my 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 education is what yeah. i call well, it i bet a lot of people have already been helped by your stories just telling them you know that's all that, I can do. I think that's the most useful thing sometimes. Like I posted a video recently about um, suicide. So I, I, I attempted it when I was younger. And I got so many messages of people of like, I just wanted to hear your story. I didn't need to hear. I mean, like, because like there's all these therapists sharing stuff. It's not as bad. It's just like the most powerful thing for a lot of people is just to hear, oh, someone experienced something like me or they're doing something that, you know, something like that. I think that's more necessary. You know, I just, I just released a broke trip. Uh, uh-huh. Every episode of my podcast, Super Trip Talk, mm-hmm. we discuss different topics we call trips of the week. Mm-hmm. And for my broke trip, I uh, kind of penned an open letter for my intro uh, about my current financial situation. And I mean, the amount of messages that I got from people that were like, I have never heard anyone tell my story like that yeah yeah i mean that shit like yeah because how many people are broke in new york right now a lot a lot but we all think we're by ourselves everyone's pretending like they're not and you know (sighs) man that's the that's the stuff yeah and feeling alone is the hardest part like i'm the only one of my friends i was in debt for a long time i didn't realize how many of my friends were are also in debt Mm -hmm. you know they just didn't you just don't talk about it, right? So you feel oh, I alone. talk about all that shit. Yeah, that's great. It's so important. I talk about all that shit. I'm putting it all out there. Spread eagle. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. got nothing. Are you still acting too? Is that... I'm still auditioning. I'll okay. tell you that much. Okay. But that I, I that's taken second fiddle to uh-huh. podcasting. Yeah, I'm ever I'm putting everything into podcasting. But I'm still auditioning. I'm still repped by a, a great agency who still mm-hmm. sends me out and, um, 
Yeah, I also, the shit that I talk about on my podcast, I'm not going to be booked on Disney anymore. I had a deal <laughs> with ABC once, and I just know it's done for me with them. But uh, I don't want to be on their program anyway, you right. know? So it's like, we're good here. And, uh, and some freaky, this is going to be trippy, but in some freaky alternate universe, maybe, or this one, uh -huh. I feel like the podcast is going to be the fucking thing that gets me to produce my own TV work. Yeah. And, like, it's just so funny. There's so many things that you can do with a pod. So many podcasters are getting talk shows now. Yeah. What? Yeah, and it's great to just be real. <laughs> like, to That's just what be the people real. Want. Yeah. The people want real. Yeah. We're done with the bullshit. Right. The people that do consume that, they're not going to gravitate towards our shit anyways. Right. So it filters out the real people. It filters anyway. it out. Yeah. We don't want them here. <laughs> like, yeah. Not that we don't want them here, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't be used. The information wouldn't be useful to them. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 I had the same thing with, uh, I didn't, I, I started this podcast like five years ago and I made an episode a month or something. I didn't know I had any listeners. I only got into it because like maybe last year I was getting DMs from people like, how come you don't post an episode? I'm like, oh. You're listening? You are a listener, stranger? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Do you ever face like um like I guess the word is imposter syndrome, but um, something to that degree. To I that. used to a lot and I don't anymore because I just need one person to enjoy it and I know it's good. And I, I find finally in a place where I don't have to do this for money, I don't have to do this for anything. It's just like I just feel so good. Kind of like you were saying with like getting the message out to somebody who, who it's just like that's the whole point of all of this, right? I mean, that's why I, that's the only reason why I care about monetization, just so I can have the free time to do something like this. And like, this is what life is about, you know. That's that's it to share share stuff. Like ten thousand years, we'd be doing this, but around a campfire with grunts. But now we're doing it with technology. Yes. So it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you get it, man. This is the best. What a dope experience mm -hmm. to to you. I'm on your program here. Yeah. The Rwanda podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. I might change the tagline, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I fucking like it. I oh, really, really like okay. it. Okay, cool. And like this. Okay. Um, and you're gonna come on my podcast yeah, in like trip talk? ten minutes, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, I'm taking your. You have, oh, you, this is your show. No, no, it's cool. No, it's cool. <laughs> I think it's just one. It's just one long episode. In fact, we might be able to wrap in a sec. Yeah. Uh, by wrap, I mean switch seats and yes. I'll go on your show. Yes, yes, yes. Um, where can people find out about your show and your work and all that fun stuff? For sure. So, again, my name is Brianda. Uh, you can follow me personally at That's Brianda, Brianda with a D on Twitter and IG. Mm -hmm. And uh, my podcast is called Super Trip Talk. You can follow that on IG and Twitter, Super Trip Talk. We're also on SoundCloud. We're not on YouTube yet, but I have the name. And, uh, or if you want more information, go to supertriptalk.com and uh -huh. shoot me a message. And you have a Patreon as well. I do have support. a patreon.com forward slash supertriptalk. I put bonus content on there. Awesome. Uh, different guided meditations. I put my songs up there because cool. I don't have the balls to put them out publicly yet. Yes. Um, and uh, bonus clips, all that shit. Awesome. Me dancing in my underwear. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having Anything, me. Any last thoughts you want to share with my Ooh, peoples? Uh, Y'all should go listen to Super Trip Talks episode with Ron because yeah, I'm, about keep talking, to, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to fucking ask you questions that I'm sure nobody has asked you. So awesome. go check that episode out. Cool. All right. Use the bathroom and we're, we're going to keep going. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to Rwando.com. Catch me on social media at Rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe. 